You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey people, how are you doing? Welcome. A little bit after the talk, that's how we roll here at the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Um, you are listening to the live recording and I say this every week just in case there's people who are downloading which I know there are we've got loads more downloads than we used to have which is really nice um, I appreciate everyone who downloads it but you have got the opportunity to come and join us live because every Tuesday this is recorded on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel and the advantage of that if the time suits you eight o'clock UK time then you can network with other soft tissue therapists you can find out a little bit about the sports therapy association um, you haven't got to be a member at all and you get to put our guests on the spot and ask us some questions um, it just makes it a little bit more spontaneous when you're asking someone direct and I don't edit this unless the sounds all cocked up um, I just put it out as it is because I am guaranteed that our guests are going to give you fantastic information so if you are listening to the podcast and thank you very much what you could do um, please is just leave a rating and a review um, because that just helps it appear more in Google searches, which is um, really important to us because we want the good word of our guests to get out there. So, for example, if someone types in Therapy Expo 2022, I want this episode tonight to appear there near the top. And it will only do that if you guys leave a rating, a good rating, obviously, and a little review. So thank you for that. Of course, some people are joining us live and they're already flocking through the doors here. And the time actually, wow, someone's making this popular tonight which one will it be maybe it's the combination of scottish and italian in one room could be that skitalian or something like that so nikki is here first through the door hi nikki if you do join us live and you listen to podcasts then what happens is your message can come up on the screen so it's a chance to share your logo could be a little networking opportunity um and also your name and get another one so nikki says evening groovers there we go it's again how we roll just back from my holes and whoa it is cold here I'm looking forward to an evening of lively geek chat to warm me up. Thanks, Nikki. Um, fantastic. Love, Nikki. Uh, Benjamin Mace is here as well. I haven't seen Benjamin for a while. Hey, Benjamin. Love your feeds, by the way. Love everything you put out there. Really good. Great therapist, old Benjamin. Glenn Murphy is in here as well. Hope you're feeling well, Glenn. Thanks for sharing um, as much as you do. Really cool. Um, people who are following Glenn will know what I'm talking about. Um, Stephen Barr's in here. Hey, Stephen. How are you doing? Becky Cowell is here. Evening, folks. Catherine Mimer's here. Gary Benson is here, founder of the STA podcast. No, founder of the STA, it's STA podcast. Uh, Sports Therapy Association. So if you have got any industry questions, um, then obviously you're welcome to chat to Gary and get his details. Um, Gary actually says, looking forward to listening to two of my favourite Southerners. <laughs> I think there's a bit of sarcasm there. Um, so, and Alistair Cunningham is here as well, and Sarah Jones. Wow, people are flocking in, so great, that's really cool. And I really appreciate you people joining us live because it, it, I think it makes the podcast, it makes it more spontaneous, it makes it a little bit different. It's all happening now in a time where, let's face it, we all just wait to watch things on catch up and we fast forward through the adverts, don't we? So, thank you people for joining us live. So, um, this month, the month of September, we've been doing um, a um, looking ahead at Therapy Expo, which is happening um, this November, I think it's number 10 in Birmingham at the NEC um, on the 23rd and the 24th of November. And we're looking or int introducing you speakers who are going to be speaking in our STA theatre at Therapy Expo, which is a wonderful little hangout because it's actually in the middle of the floor where all the stands are. So we get a wonderful kind of passing footfall. 
um, which is magnificent because again, it just makes it very special for us. It's not like just a theatre where people are booked to go and see someone. It's people walking by who just kind of go, "Oh, that looks interesting." What do they say? Which um, I think is really useful to help get the information out there. Last week we talked to Gary, Dr. Gary Mendoza, which I mean, I've got a massive soft spot for Dr. Gary Mendoza and everything he says. I think it's wonderful information about understanding um, behaviour and where your client is in terms of actually listening to you. Um, it's huge, as Dr. Gary was saying. You know, if your client's not ready to listen to you, then what's the point of opening your mouth? You've got to work out where they are. So a really important contemporary modern take on what you need in order to make that subjective assessment actually worthwhile and not wonder why people haven't come back or they're not listening to you and that sort of stuff. As always, it's available on YouTube. If you want to watch the video, just go along to the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel, or you can listen to the uh, podcast on any podcast app. If you're on an iPhone, you've probably got this own inbuilt app. If you're on Android, you've got loads of choices like Pocket Caster thing, and there's lots of different ones. Um, you can also go to the sta.co.uk where you've got access as well to um, the video. Um, just to let you know, Dr. Gary Mendoza will be, um, I'm putting this up on the screen for people who have joined us live. Dr. Gary Mendoza is the third speaker on the Thursday, so the 24th. He'll be on at 11.30. He's the only guy with 45 minutes. Even our two guests haven't got 45 minutes. I don't know how that worked out, but he's got 45 minutes, but well worth it. And um, that's going to be 11.30 in the STA Theatre, which is just opposite the STA stand at Therapy Expo. But tonight... We're taking it back to the opening act, and it is an act. It's the opening act for Therapy Expo. They're going to be um, opening up the Thursday with a presentation called Massage and Manual Therapy, A Modern View. And they're here tonight to talk about that. Um, I'm very excited. I'm hoping that, I know everybody in the room has heard of these two people. I've probably known them for at least a decade now, and it's been um, wonderful following them and seeing them evolve and and by no small amount what they've said and done and put out there has affected my practice as well um, and they're fantastic educators i'm really excited um, for this episode um, it is anna maria mazzieri sorry about my pronunciation and paul coca which i'm not even going to try and pronounce in his own language um, but yeah they're going to be joining us um, and you guys who are listening live are welcome to ask some questions um, i think that's all done now that's the intro done i've left them long enough downstairs so um yeah sit back and enjoy the education from Anna Maria Mazzieri and Paul Coker. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey guys, how are you doing? Oh, hi. So nice Good evening, you. everybody. Hi, Paul. Hello, how are you doing? Very well here in Devon. You two, you two have obviously been chatting loads because you're, you know, in the midst of preparing the presentation and everything. And thanks for taking time yeah, off yes. from that to join us tonight. We are so much on it. Elbow deep in it. Yeah. You <laughs> will it, love it. it. You will love it. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fantastic. Great. I'm so glad that you two are co-presenting because it just adds to um, the attraction of it. It'd be good enough if it was just one of you, but the two of you bouncing off each other is going to be fantastic. And both of you have got quite a lot of experience at Therapy Expo, haven't you? Mm. Paul, when was um, your yeah. first time? I mean, you were with Rock Tape. That must have been from day one, wasn't it? You? I was with Rock Tape. So I think it was, was it 2015 or 16 was the first one. There's two in Manchester, I believe. I think it's before. Okay. I think it's the 10th year now. So I think it's it was probably going back to 2014. I think probably 2014. Well, yeah. No. Well, no, not really. Um, 
I don't know the politics of what merged into what. But yeah, they were. But Therapy Expo, no, there was two, two or three in Manchester where, um, oh, yeah, yeah it, that was sort of, they were funny times, really. Jack Chu was kind of charging around looking like a football player, trying to be as disruptive as it's possible. Like yeah. I heard that, but never been, I never witnessed that. I heard that. It was that. amazing, honestly. It was the closest thing I've ever seen to a boy band in healthcare. Um, yeah. Putting stickers and, on um, everybody's backs and lampposts and advertising that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, no, those first few, I met so many cool people. Well, you guys included, but like Adam Meekins was there. Mike Stewart was at those early ones. And um, so, no, yeah, it was certainly, uh, you know, we were there for business as it were when I was um, with Rock Tape, but it was an um, amazing source of education right from the get-go. And they've always um, punched pretty heavy in that department. So. It was, in fact, as Gary Benson has said, I brought it up in 2012. Yeah, jeez, that makes me old. No, Gary needs to do something. Yeah, yeah, no, it's incredible. And I've always looked back at that, and I don't know if it's my imagination, but I felt that I I spoke at the 2013 one, I think, in Manchester, definitely the 14 and the 15, and like you say, there was Mike Stewart there, there was Adam Meekins, yeah. there was um, Jack Chu, there was also Ian Griffiths going out with his overclamation cunning. You had yeah. Seth O'Neill. You had such a, not just quality speakers, but people yeah. with something new to say. It was just revolutionary. Mm. It was before Manchester, anybody, it was before Bell Biosocial Social was like rolled off our tongue. There was none of that. So the, yeah. when Adam Meekins and Griffiths were there, were 20, was in Manchester? I think that was 14 in maybe in Birmingham, because I remember yes, Adam Meekins yeah, turning I up. I think I'd never been to Manchester. Yeah, yeah they, I remember that year. That was fun. That was I top. remember saying to Adam Meekins, wow, Adam Meekins, I don't know whether to shake your hand or punch you, because it was even back then he was coming across as such a, like a shouty, shouty person and really kind of like stirring things up. Hasn't changed much. Yeah, but, um, but he was wearing a tree jacket with arm kind of pads. Looked like some, you know, it's like, this is not what I expected. I thought you were going to come in here. But yeah, really interesting. <laughs> and what's interesting is I think so many of those speakers after a couple of years never went back because I remember, again, I'm talking about early therapy expo. I was actually told on the third year, the reason I didn't go there, I can say this now because the organizers have all changed. We've got the wonderful Liam Richardson doing it now. But I was told on the third year, Matt, yeah, I understand. Can, can you not talk about pain this year and just go back to injury? And I was like, right. I don't think you quite understand what's going on here. I can't separate the two. That's what my first two years were all about. And they were like, we've got enough pain. Enough people talk about pain. Just go back to basic injury. And I was like, right, okay, this isn't working. And I think a few other speakers got the same impression that it kind of, it was so revolutionary Changed at the time. It, it then went back to, come on, let's just do kind of like mainstream stuff, you know. But now it's picking up the other way. Now I think it's pretty cool. We've got some amazing speakers coming through who have evolved. So, um, so there we go. And also this year for the first time, Anna Maria Mazzieri, what have you got going on? Uh, we, well, we're really quite, 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 quite excited actually, because we've, we have what is called the hands-on hub. So it's a, it's a whole area dedicated to hands-on manual therapy and translation of uh, evidence into clinical practice. What does the evidence is telling us what does it look like in practice so they're going to be different things i'm really really excited one of those those things is you know we're going to be uh create uh, delivering massage treatment while it's a little bit of a show choreographic cho choreographed 
uh, we're going to be explaining what's happening from a neurocentric uh, perspective as well as a, a more uh, contextual effect. So with the, the narrative that we would like people to start adopting with their clients. So that's going to be really interesting. We have virtual reality. So we're going to be discussing uh, and experiencing how virtual reality can be introduced in our in our practice for both assessment and in the treatment wow. of people with pain and injury. We have Manutel, we have the, uh, it's underneath me or next to me, I don't know where it is. We have our lovely Paul Cocker, really, really excited with two fantastic talks, uh, which took us a while to decide the titles, uh, but fortunately, <laughs> we, uh, Paul Paul going to talk about something that really, really excited me since uh, I spoke to him few months ago, we were across the table in a pub and he was talking about, um, uh, oh God, so exciting that I've, I actually forgot about it. No, a vestibular assessment yes, yes, yes. really, really took me. And so Paul is going to be discussing about vestibular assessment and about manual therapy. And we have, you know, how to introduce rehab into a massage therapy treatment. So it's going to be a, a whole area, a whole community built around hands-on. So where we, and we're collaborating with you guys. We've got you, Matt Phillips, opening with looking at gate analysis. We're going to have Chuck, Jack Chu coming in and there is something really special he's going to do at our stand. So, which is not any dancing or any skateboard and a, no, 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 fortunately, I have to refrain him from that. So, excellent. That's no, really good. And I think the fact that that exists now is like I was saying, that shows a, a change in the whole community thing now. People hanging out together, therapists talking to each other instead of seeing each other as the competition. And that's probably thanks a little bit to a certain kind of world pandemic, isn't it? People have come together because of that shared experience. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. You know, there is some really positive out of it, Matt, and it's exactly this this idea of networking or support, actually. Not even networking. We are there to support it's each other. Mm -hmm. And this hanging around, this community that I know that the STA, you know, you, Gary, and, and the team at the STA is really trying to build. This community is why it's becoming really important. It's driving then the industry forward. It's not keeping it back. Is driving it forward. That's so good. I love the way you talk. Yeah. I love the things you're saying. It's so good. Isn't she good? She's amazing, isn't she? I haven't watched that whole video. I hate I would I hate my own voice for Christ. Yeah, that's normal. Most people do, you know, but it's great. It's the words you use. You're putting in words which they wouldn't even what you oh, just said. Oh, they probably don't exist. I say to no, my students. That's fine. That's fine. If you don't understand the word, don't look into the vocabulary. It's, it's probably because it doesn't exist. I've invented it. But so, what, when you said translating evidence into clinical practice, that's what probably was missing back in 2015, 16, when you did have giants like even I'm sure Ian Griffiths and Seth O'Neill and all these guys would admit it. They came out with some pretty revolutionary stuff and some what the evidence was saying, but they didn't have the method or awareness of how we're going to change this in clinic. It was all a bit of a shock. And there probably was a shock, which is why therapy experts kind of went, no, oh, no, don't come back. You know, this is too scary. This is not what we need. People are kind of going, what's that about? So, but now we have got it, thanks to some time to think. Yeah, we, um, we, we've evolved a lot in that 
I'm professionally. And one of the things that I would observe in that, those 10 years since those early therapy expertise is really those silo walls coming down that, you know, the fact that we are having this conversation that I'm a physio and that's not some weird kind of ball to, well, maybe it is weird, but it, it it's that good manual therapy doesn't, isn't really defined by the job title, right? You know, it's something that can be delivered by um, soft tissue therapists, massage therapists, physiotherapists, chiropractors, and osteopaths. And, it, you know, one of those things is kind of talking more across those boundaries and sort of learning from each other. And it does sort of, um, um, sort of uh, it brings on a degree of despair with young physios who are sort of immediately deciding based on, you know, um, a, a few things that they've read and heard and seen on the Internet that they're not going to bother educating themselves about it to do anything with their hands, which I think really, you know, is anybody interested in helping to treat people in pain that, has to be part of it as Diane Jacob says that manual therapy is rarely necessary but frequently optimal in terms of eliciting change and we've grown a lot we've all grown up a lot and started talking about the brain and um, how it's the thing that's causing pain but I don't know we've evolved that much of what we're doing with our hands in terms of treatment and perhaps we don't need to change that much we just need to change the story we're telling ourselves inside their head in some circumstances but I think there are examples of things and opportunities that are there for therapy to evolve into still passing that sort of biological filter and and accepting that a brain is a big part of what makes us hurt and and i I think therapists are good at thinking in those terms but i don't know we've all done as well at crossing that chasm from a point of view of the actual treatment we do yes there there was a a little bit of a discussion on physio twitter i think it was last night and uh, um i don't remember who it was so they were saying i don't think things have very much changed in manual therapy that because i was i I was mentioning about uh, clinical reasoning in manual therapy and uh, Oh, yes. Yeah, and somebody said, they said, oh, I don't think there is much clinical reasoning. You know, people don't clinical reason it. Actually, no, I think that's wrong. I think if one of the things has changed, it's we clinic, we, we use it much more, uh, I use the word that we ju- judiciously we, we are better at clinically reasoning it doesn't have to change what we do with our hands i still do what i used to do 15 years ago most most of the time but actually how i use it and why i use it and the narrative i use it has changed and and, yeah. and, and the bridge has now been built and the change is happening and it's not me sitting in a silo. I think it's a lot of other people sitting in silos and maybe not asking the question. It's true, though, From a, uh, sometimes I'm a bit critical in thinking that I think as manual therapists, we put too much, or oh, I see manual therapists putting too much importance in the mechanistic and mechanical effects of manual therapy. And I think we need to get a little bit away from that. Just because it doesn't have a mechanical effects, it doesn't mean that it's not valuable. Let's put those neurocentric and contextual effects as important as, in fact, mm. indeed, more important. There's so much there for anyone listening. I mean, I, I know the people in the room, I can see your names. And it always happens because you guys are giving up your Thursday evening to spend time with us, which I love. Never change. Please don't change. Do that. Keep coming. It's great to see you. You guys probably know about that. But I'm hoping that people who are listening who are downloading the podcast, which I'm not 
embarrassed to say is about 2,600 of you now, which is great, amazing. And the reason I'm so happy about that is I'm hoping that some of this is new to you guys. And I love to hear when you say Anna Maria, you say, I'm still doing what I was doing for the last 15 years. Because that, a lot of people will, because the pendulum swings so much, people think, oh, I've got to stop using my hands now. My course was a waste of money. I paid three grand for that. I'm being told now. It's, and that's so not the case at all, is it? I think that's really important. If you're listening to this and you've read something on social media, which says something to the effect of, oh, you can't do anything with massage. It doesn't do anything. You're wasting your time. Um, you know, it's not the case at all. It's just an example of how social media says things which are just segments and out of context. So it's really nice hearing you to say that, Anna-Marie. I'm sure a lot of people will benefit from that. Um, and Paul, I love what you say about breaking boundaries as well. I think that's a really good point. That is something which has changed so much um, where it's not a case of I'm an osteo and I do something different than a chiro and I do something different than a sports therapist and a physio. I like to think that with regards to soft tissue therapists and particular sports therapists now, there's not this kind of hierarchy where they think, oh, I need to be a physio. No one's going to appreciate what I do now. I need to be a physio because we're start I'm hoping people are starting to understand that it's a totally different yeah. profession. 80% of what you learn in your degree is not going to be you in clinic working with people with sports injuries. There's so much more. If you want to do that, you want to work with kids or old people and, and kind of intensive care and all that, then great, become a physio, but don't confuse the two. But totally, you know, crowbar difference between the two. And um, so that's really healthy what you said as well, Paul. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's, there's, there's something in that about professions that, you know, we're all inclined to think the way we were trained. So you lot in soft tissue will always think about muscles before you think about everything else. It's just kind of the way your brain filters stuff. Um, and then within sort of that, that sort of, you know, we are talking to STA members, it's sort of remembering movement, seeing that that's a huge part of what it takes to make people better and that this isn't a debate with two sides where you go, it's hands off or hands on. It's, it's everything. It's throwing the kitchen sink people in an attempt to find something that's actually bloody helpful and stick and um, prospectively when you meet a new client you never know what's really going to make the difference for them and I think we've got to see all the things that we can do I, I, I hesitate to use tools in toolboxes because I think that's been a bit um, traumatized as a saying I'd, I'd like there's, there's lots of words I'd like back I'd like holistic back please because holistic manual Thank therapy you. is exactly Thank what you. we're doing but like yeah, people spinning crystals over your chakra um but um, I drifted and um, I got angry about holistic. <laughs> um, um, but, like, you know, the, that movement element of it, that education element of it, and that hands-on element. And it's not, it seemed that with experience, most, most clinicians who've had a lot of time at the clinical cold face are doing all of these things continuously together and that there's this false impression that manual therapy is very passive it's very you lie down and i'll heal you and none of those criticisms need to be true about manual therapy the evidence-based law we'd like to throw it out they haven't got a shred of evidence that manual therapy is anyway negative to any human being but we'll often purport strong opinion that it creates dependency and that it comes with a narrative about structuralism and i always sort of Listen to those things, and I nod, and I think, yeah, I object to somebody getting treated like that as well, but I don't recognise it about what I do, but I do sort of self-identify as a manual therapist, right? I've got a master's degree in manual therapy after my physio degree, and um, I've done mulligan training about as far as you can take poking things and asking people to move at the same time, and I enjoy it. I like it. It's a bit of treatment that, that I like, and it has a place, but it's just one element of what we do, and I think really treatment's a bit of a three-legged stool of 
poking and wiggling things and getting people to move their own body, getting people to change what they think in their head about and it. And indeed, and I think, Paul, it's really, really, really good what you said, because I think our skills as therapists to understand the person in front of us. How do, what does the person need or how would the person respond better? What can we use that is within our skill set for the person to respond better, to, to help themselves achieve self-efficacy? And then if in that box, because I still use my toolbox, it's manual therapy or massage or then let's use it. And actually, um, I am really, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm quite interested in, you know, how people respond because we know very well that some people are quick responder to symptom modification. I mean, we know that those quicker responders to symptom modification, there is a better outcome long term. If that symptom modification is massage, because actually they know already that they respond well to massage therapy, that's why they come through our door and they don't go to a door of a, for example, a chiropractor because they want the massage therapy, then my skill set matches their uh, preferences in order to achieve symptom modification, which we know that has got long-term outcome. So there is, you know, there is so much, the one, one thing that I might not agree there with you, Paolo, is when you said that the evidence-based um, Crew. I think we should all be evidence-informed crew. So I, I, but there are some... Oh, there are different terms, Andrea. Like, I... The idea that as a therapist... Matt, you said it. Like, what if Therapy Expo was truly only the things that are evidence-based? Oh, it would be nobody would do anything. Be empty. It would be just one man in a store. Just be out of me. This is what people don't realise. There is no strong evidence. If we talk about pain, there is nothing... That is superior you, to anything. Else. Yeah, you pick at any of these things, and there's nothing, right? Like you can be the best shoulder specialist in the world, but show me a paper that says yeah. that this rotator cuff exercise is better than that rotator cuff exercise. Like the devil in the detail is really lacking in all elements of what we do, and so on. I think some of us are prepared to go, and I think there is a personal choice there that some therapists go, no, no, not for me. I'm just literally going to give people quads exercises and tell them to lose weight. But look. You have a lovely time. Equally, if somebody just wants to like, train as a Cairo and then deliver the same five manipulations to every single human being that walks through the door, like, they'll, they'll get some people better. And if you just give people a rub, you'll make some people better. But I think that we can all try and aim to a point where we are kind of modern manual therapists and movement specialists. And that doesn't matter a jot what your sort of certificate is at the beginning, but we all qualify and remain with holes in our understanding and our thinking, I think. And um, yeah, like I spend a lot of time on social media following people from the fitness world because I don't regard myself as being as expert on that as I am on, on manual therapy, where frankly, I think um, that not, not that I, there's nothing there to read. It's just that, you know, we know what we know. And the, the evolution is a way to, to not worry about the details so much. And you said you do, you do the same thing as you did 15 years ago. But I bet your internal monologue is a oh, lot less clear. And this is what I was going to say. Yeah. Learn that you have now yeah. untaught yourself, as it were. So but, the first sorry. thing I think that when we go neurocentric manual therapy or neurologically informed manual therapy, it's like we can forget about some of the rules. And evidence-based and evidence-informed, I don't think they are the same things. If somebody, are you evidence-based? I said, no, no, I'm 
biologic, I, like I set my limits a little looser than that towards stuff I think because, you know, I'm an emotive human being with a single brain and a set of experiences. And how does anybody reach their conclusions other than by using their knowledge? So I think therapists are a funny bunch. and um, But we have all got work to do to plug our gaps. And as we talk about manual therapy, I think a lot of people listening to this are sold on that. But where they maybe do need to level up is in, in other elements of what they do so that they're offering a more complete package. I'm not saying the package I offer in my clinic is, and I think if people can, so I don't really talk to people about what they think and feel about their problem. And I don't really give them exercises Well, you've got big holes in your practice elsewhere as well. It's just, um, I think, as we as we swing around through those things, we have to remember the power of movement to change change pain and to give people um, freedom to do what they want. Right, I'm going to bring um, this up just because we're halfway through the podcast. I'm going to come back to you two in a second. Just to remind people that um, if you're interested in what's being spoken about here, it's massage and manual therapy and modern view. These guys, Paul Coker and Anna Maria Mazzieri, are going to be at Therapy Expo um, as well as doing other stuff, but. Um, as far as the STA theatre goes, they're going to be on at nine fifteen in the morning, um, on the twenty fourth. I know that'll be mm. me. Don't worry, I'll be there at eight o'clock with the with the coffee there. So yeah, so if you are going along to Therapy Expo, um, and don't forget, if you're an STA member, then there is a discount code. We won't say that out loud. I'm so impressed with what I did last week when uh, uh, one of the get well, the guests actually blurted out our code. I put a fantastic little trumpet fanfare over the finished product it made me laugh about an hour but that's just me but um yeah we won't say what the code is if you don't know what the code is sta people then check with your regional rep or just email admin at the sta.co.uk but there is a, a very generous discount code um, but yeah that'll be the thursday these guys are going to be talking about this in person so make sure you put thursday at 9 15 in your diary if you're going along to therapy expo right back to tonight down 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 i want to bring up um um anna maria i want to bring up your website because your your website, the name of the school, it's Do involved like it? and oh, it's lovely. But I love watching the evolution of it because it's so healthy. Because you're massively involved in education, you are. I think it's fair to say one of the leaders now in delivering an, a modified contemporary take on massage. You're still teaching pretty much the same moves and, like you say, the same stuff, the same comfort. But it's the narrative. It's what we think is going on. It's the clinical reasoning with is the clinical reasoning with it like. Paul just said a moment ago, yes, I might still be doing 15 what with my hands, the same strokes that I was doing 15 years ago. But the reasoning behind it, that's what that's what makes it. We are bringing in the, re, the different reason of why we use it and what also what treatment is about. Because again, when we say, and this is why we're called soft tissue therapists and the qualification name has changed. Because that's a, a, a lot of members probably will recognize themselves in what I'm going to say that originally we were sports and remedial actually the, the title was clinical sports and remedial massage therapy beautiful I always loved it but in this country we were just seen as massage therapists nothing wrong with massage but in terms of that our role was the one of a technician so just come in get massage well because the need of, of the members of the public changed in terms of the the, the the manual therapy and massage therapy has become a little bit more part of 
mainstream treatment, injury, injury treatment, we became, we grown with our education, all of us in, our, in this country, we're learning more and more and more about reasoning, about uh, how, you know, about what is actually good outcome. It's, it's, it's just giving somebody a good massage or it's, a, or it's listening, is uh, um, advising about exercises. So our scope grew bigger and bigger. And, and the term sports and remedial massage became very limited. So that's why the soft tissue therapy really, to me, and I was one that I really pushed with BTEC, with with the ISRM and BTEC to to get it, um, what do you call it, to get it uh, um, kind of to, to change the name with, with our qualification, because we wanted something that represented that we were just more than massage therapy. Mm-hmm. Not, as I say, I repeat, nothing wrong with massage therapy. This is what. Uh, sometimes I have some of my clients that they come to me regularly for just a really good massage to be supported while they're maybe uh, healing or while they might be very stressed. But also we wanted to put in something that massage in this country, massage therapists in this country are trained more than just technician to provide massage therapy. We, we provide assessment. We listen to people. We understand when there are red flags. We understand what they, their needs are. We, we understand about, we try to understand about the lived experience. We then provide massage therapy and manual therapy as form of treatment and some treatment, which then is followed on with um, advice on movement, advice on, on strength, advice on, on different things. So we wanted to create a, a broader view of what we do. We are musculoskeletal practitioners. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and and people aren't aware, and I've just brought it up on the screen. You've listened to the podcast, you can't see it, but there's a screenshot of the website there. It's thestschool.co.uk. And there's loads of information on there, especially if you're interested in um, evolving as a therapist and maybe upgrading in a sense, in the sense of opening up who you can work with and understanding that that's a definitely um, a website you should be going to. Training professional soft tissue therapists. It's weird, isn't it? It kind of does matter what you call yourself in terms of who's going to pick up the phone and call you. I notice on Paul on your website, it's there's an interesting question. Yeah, well, don't, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> Let's bring this up if you can well, see it. This, this is great. MoveCallMoveVideo.co.uk Ruin your Google Analytics. Don't like you just got to use the words. You've got to hide the term sports massage in there if you like. Yes, yeah. However, I do think, as it says there, I think sports people often massage kind of is a disservice to um, what soft tissue therapy has evolved into under the the guise of people like Anna Maria. Um, That it's it's just it's different we uh, move we see it as an extension of physiotherapy and um, so like uh um, yeah, lots of people will be assessed by a physical therapist physiotherapist and we did have an osteopath that's why we called it physical therapy but again ruins google analytics 
so and we have physio-led movement clinic but soft tissue therapy is where we will put people for um, uh, an integral part of their progress forward to get out of whatever sticky wicket they find themselves in Um, and yeah what couldn't be lovelier than a bit of good soft tissue work but if you're trying to overcome a certain injury then that being a little more targeted and a little more graded and a bit more respectful to a sensitive nervous system is I think where soft tissue therapy ought to be trying to trying to diverse itself which i know is preaching to the choir but yeah this is our, our little bit of trying to change that narrative between a physio clinic that also offers some soft tissue therapy in the corner somewhere you know and beside the mop and um at, at half the price and that, i think that disservice comes from within the industry as well as um, Thank outside you, Thank you. Yeah, I'm proud of the professional title physiotherapist. Some of my, you know, the greatest therapists I know are from are right across the board: um, osteos, chiros, sports rehabilitators, and um, people who began in massage, people who began in fitness. I, I don't think in ten years' time we will really be able to hang on to those professionals. Like we think this is. Imagine you hurt your back somewhere random where you don't know who are you going to call, right? Like. A, without exciting ghostbusters but <laughs> like if you know if people come to me they know what they're going to get which is a rub and a book and make a crack somewhere else and they go and see a physio they might be sorely disappointed or weirdly confused as that i've been doing something really weird with them for all this time because they don't recognize it as the hands in pocket general advice service that is on offer elsewhere but equally you can't sort of go say oh just go find a Cairo. they'll give you back a good crack because you know some of them will then sell them three years worth of supplements and a set of insoles to complement their appointment so yeah, I think good good therapy is um, not necessarily easy to find, and it is something we must consider is becoming increasingly confusing for the public. And so, yeah, if the world settles on certain terms, I think soft tissue therapy and soft tissue therapists yeah. is where we, because, you know, yeah, remedial is just a funny word, isn't it? I think if you go below 30 people are just genuinely confused by that word you you know paul what you said about uh, the google analytics you're absolutely right so to anybody that listens you got to put in the deep tissue massage sports massage words somewhere however more and more people use the term more and more Mm. people use the term into the website into the google form the soft tissue therapy event. We are we are kind of lucky and unlucky. We are the ones who is making the change now. All of us that in practice at this time, yeah. we are in this beautiful temporary time. You know, let's make that change. If everybody like the, when people say, "Anna, what do I call myself?" Always call yourself what's in your in your qualification, because you know, even if, even if your your title is not. Um, would you call it recognized or um, registered? And Gary did a really good post about it a few weeks ago. But actually, soft tissue therapy as well for for a massage therapy. I really do like that term that for people to start using it because it is beyond. It goes. It breaks down those 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 barriers. And the other things that I'm really really. Um, I always always speak to my students and my lovely colleagues about it. Let's be proud of being a massage therapist or being a soft tissue therapist or being a sports therapist, no matter what level we are. We shouldn't be 
wannabe physiotherapist or wannabe osteopath or wannabe chiropractors. There is a reason why we go into the industry from a vocational, nothing wrong with physio, osteopath or chiropractor, but there is a reason why we go into the industry from a vocational perspective. We come into the industry already with so many life skills like compassion, like understanding, like communication skills that sometimes are indeed undervalued and in, in other professions they have to learn from it because while we enter into it because it's vocational, we think we, we go into our training with much more life experiences. So, you know, let's be proud of who we are and let's not be wannabe physiotherapists or wannabe osteopaths. Osteos, we got yeah, so much. It's not always right? up to me, to be fair. No, it's, it's, it's about we're different. Oh, you know, ultimately, I love giving people massage, mm. being my, yeah. you know, my intervention, being massage therapy. I would get so bored to to work only a certain, you know, in, in certain ways, like maybe a physiotherapist might. So I, I think, you know, I think we should more and more become musculoskeletal practitioners it's an interesting point it's um but i think it's really healthy that people do start thinking about what do i call myself because the words do make a difference but i think okay. it's interesting to point out like uh catherine here has kind of said where is it? it's bringing it up on the screen for people who join us live catherine Reimer says um, that's definitely where the confusion is the amount of times people call me a physio so they don't understand the difference i think this will be take time for change to happen but i think that once that person's come through the door they're really not bothered. You'll go, well, you know, I'm not a physio, but you don't have to go into a massive explanation about it. They just want to see results. And we forget that, don't we? It's the same way as we try to suddenly diagnose or tell them exactly what part of their body is something wrong and give it a fancy name. Whereas that's all us putting that idea onto the patient. They just come and they want to feel better. So it's good for us to question the words we use, but you'll remember that a lot of the time for the patients, they're not as worried as we are. They just want to feel better, don't they? Yeah, and I think the best thing we can do is be sort of professionally honest um, in terms of not creating any kind of deception or, or, mm. or, or sort of letting these things slide. Um, 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 yeah, you know, I manipulate, I make people's bones go crack and so people say, are you a chiropractor as well? So, no, but they don't own those techniques. And like, so you end up in these really weird discussions with people going, so, so you guys all do the same thing? Yeah, we just imagine different things between our ears while we're doing them. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that that's paul's sarcasm there please don't ever say that to your client uh we just imagine different things happen. you don't think i should say that to my clients no okay i bet you do to some i bet you do yeah you gotta pick them right um but no it's that it's that thing that basically the input is often similar the rationale behind what we're doing is is, is post hoc anyway um and so we can change that as often as we like and hopefully we're getting less wrong as we go along the way but yeah you know an impulse a high velocity impulse to a neck is a high velocity impulse to a neck whether it's delivered by an osteopathic chiro or physio or anybody else that fancies their chances you know it's um it, the, the 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 treatment is the same um and um when you go into the like people say oh i've tried physio and i said what do you mean like you've tried physio like like physio is an intervention and it's a it's a strange piece of sort of mis terminology you know you've tried some manual therapy if you tried some soft tissue work people often really vague about what it is that's actually been done in terms of any form of treatment per se and so i think we've got to kind of not take anything as read that it's been done or tried and based on 
those personal titles, which say just are. I get asked, what's the difference? You know, you, um, your training is more relevant to your current job, Claire. Like, um, um, I get kids coming into my clinic. I want to be what you are. Cool. Don't be a physio. Say, so, are you ready to <laughs> drag Granny around a hospital bed, hoping against hope that she is not fecally incontinent in the process? Because if you've not got the gumption for that, then physio school is going to be hard work. And when you qualify as a physio, you're not anywhere near being ready for private musculoskeletal practice. You're yeah, private a, practice is different. Yes, just... Whereas I would employ a, a newly qualified um, soft tissue therapist um, chiropractor or osteopath before I'd consider a newly qualified physio because our training is the most general therefore we are the least useful in our early years and you know it, I think in retrospect it took me a good decade to get competent if I understood that at the beginning of physio school I'd probably done something else to be honest so, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been yeah. awesome. like and we're still changing and evolving now and I am certain kind of what I do is um, is slowly changing and hopefully it's becoming more holistic in terms of the way we approach things. And manual therapy will always be a part of it, but I'll tell you from five years ago to now, I spend less percentage of my time with people delivering manual therapy Absolutely. as a treatment. Because I think that's it's a time hog on our treatment and a lot of people yes. listening to this will um, be very happy with what a great touchy-feely social groomer they are and their exercise and pain education proportions of treatment are two to three minute throwaways at the end of sessions, which is um, all too common both across all the professions, even within the NHS. And it gives patients the impression that the, that the hands-on stuff is the most important thing. I think we need to be really clear when we're trying to educate people that they, they know the business, right? This is useful, but it's transient and short-term. The stuff that will make the big difference is what you do outside of it. Yeah, I, I often say now massage and manual therapy has becomes the context in which the education, well, no, like in which, in which the the support through education, through advice, through rehab, through assessment, it takes place. Because actually it's because I love the work that Georges Esteves, uh, I don't know if um, any of you read him and his team's work, uh, him and Giacomo Rossettini, we can put the links on it, the, the, um, the work of uh, touch as facilitator of therapeutic alliance touches facilitator of synchrony and synchrony then creates therapeutic alliance once you have the therapeutic alliance then the advice the support the reassurance that the threatening environment can be created into that but uh, like you say paul i couldn't agree more manual therapy and massage will always be here is, it will always be here because people, people that come through our doors is people that already chose to be treated for their injuries, pain, by being touched. People that, I do not see people that don't like being touched because they would not come to me in the first place. So no. I already know that the moment that they come through my door, they are a responder of treatment. Yes, yes. I mean, we, we're all, all of our patients self-select 
to our, our own but it's because I see people who are just stuck in pain generally and so some oh. of them are very and manual therapy yeah. don't want to be touched but in I still think for 99% of cases it's that basic thing of we are social primates and grooming is and physical contact is is part of what fires up our parasympathetic nervous system and creates kind of relaxation and calm that even those people who are averse to it if they're handled really well treatment can be super wonderful right because they've clearly got a massive wind up and defensive nervous system but we modulate threat and somebody Nikki said what do you spend the rest of the session doing if you're not doing that and modulate and reduce threat in other ways because that's what I think manual therapy does um, and we never really got to that bit what's manual therapy do um, so give you a better map of your body inside your brain right so you increase accuracy and you reaffirm the strength and stability and robustness of the area through assessment and um, yeah so assessment I think is important because the conversation often reveals exactly what is wrong and therefore testing physical assessment is really small i think subjective assessment most people brush that horribly and don't take a long enough history so and no and it's great and then, to validate the patient the client's lived experience which we know in itself has positive mm-hmm. outcomes Let's face it, homeopathy as an industry relies entirely on the therapeutic benefits of a subjective assessment being taken to, to exist. So, um, sidetracked. Doesn't work on the internet. If you just give people sugar pills, you get nothing. If you let them see a homeopath and tell them their woes, they get a little bit better. So there is, there is therapy in that, but there's also revealing of what's going on and what might be happening. But I think generally as therapists because of our training and i'm lucky because rock tape gave me this 10 years of cross-contamination from cairo and functional neurology and fitness profession we're all quite myopic about the ways in which threat can be reduced right so um, in terms of what time is spent doing it's for the right depending on the person in front of us and um, it's trying to find the most relevant thing for them to be working on uh, and whether that's a, 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 a movement, a strengthening exercise, a coordination thing. But some of the biggest bangs that I ever get, um, get from treatment are those changes in concepts, right? Your spine isn't meant to be held rigid the entire time. Your discs aren't going to pop out if you don't tense your tummy muscles when you bend forward. Those messages, I think, are the most powerful way to reduce threat. Yeah. So, and all this- um, Part of that hands-on stuff is the things we're saying while we're doing it. It's the reassurance that we are giving, as opposed to feeding no nocebo. Oh, my God, that's really tight. You should see somebody. I have to assess a back every year that's seen a naive massage therapist who's given them the heebie-jeebies because they've told them how horribly tight one of their back muscles is. And then uh, they're sitting in front of me for an assessment of their lump. What's wrong with them? Is it her? Why are you here? Somebody told me there was a problem with one of the muscles when they poked it. Well, that's that's terrible. They shouldn't have told you that. Um, and so we have to be careful that within the context of manual therapy, that we are building people up in terms of their belief and their freedom to move and not actually accidentally or on purpose, striking them down and creating more fear around movement. Because that's what gets the broken people broken is the scared I, of movement. I'd like to add something to that as well, that with manual therapy and massage, you're actually exposed, exposed, it's part of the conversation because you're exposing the person to the, the better range. Think about doing your METs, for example, Nikki. Immediately, you're exposing the person to the increased range of motion, a range of motion that before my, they might thought uh, 
the brain might thought not not being possible or being threatening. All of a sudden, you actually exposed to that. So that is part of the conversation. That gives you a really good platform to actually have that discussion. You know what? You have potential of movement. There is nothing wrong with the structure. We just got to access through, in this case, the brain, the, the potential of movement. So massage beca- that, that that becomes a conversation. More valid and, and, and it actually sticks if you touch them rather than going, oh, you probably don't need to worry about your knee. And he's sitting yeah. there across the room with his jeans still on, right? Yes. You know, and that's people, you know, aren't daft. They can kind of see that thing of like, we didn't even look. How do you know there's nothing wrong with it, right? So, um, yeah, manual therapy drifting from assessment to treatment and back again and demonstration. And, you know, we're all really treating neurology just mostly by mistake. If somebody gets off the bed better, it can only be a change in peripheral nerve sense sensitivity or maybe kind of fluid hydration somewhere but like ultimately that's what we're doing and so that thing of manual therapy blending with exercise to lock in I think is really important as well and what we should be thinking about is if we're great at giving exercise we might be able to speed that process with hands-on if we're good at hands-on work we might be really good we might be able to make that last longer by trying to teach people how to actually understand and move that body part because all of us all of the people listening to this viewing this you're the weirdos you're the people interested in your body innately. You've come to this earth with a good connection. A lot of the people that you will treat on a daily basis are essentially headships, right? They are just sailing around on a body which is barely connected on a conscious level. And so, like, the very concept of, like, you know, that your arm rotates in more than one place is kind of weird and novel and if we're not exploring those things and using treatment as an opportunity to teach because teaching is learning and learning is neuroplasticity and that's really the change that we're after in order for treatment to have worked so talk a lot and and, and tell, tell people how to wiggle stuff you know that's how we make treatment better from the beginning without having to change the treatment but i do think that if you come at it from a muscle point of view, you will get so far. We can add easily mobilizations, nerve gliding, skin dragging techniques on top of those soft tissue skills. And equally, your courses, Anna, are exactly the sort of things that I think new graduate physios should be taking because that's one of the skills that's been lost in the survival ship of the time of a three-year degree in physiotherapy is there's literally zero education on hands-on skills. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we find that more and more. Find Mike, Mike dropped right there, says Becky. Look at that. <laughs> Becky has just dropped your metaphorical mic there for you, um, Paul Kirkus. That's cool. You're going to have to bring along some mics to Therapy Expo. In fact, I might just bring an inflatable mic, which you guys have. <laughs> <on the> <laughs> oh, what a great idea. Come on, what a great idea. That'd be good. Right, so I want to um, wrap it up. We're getting towards nine o'clock now. I'm just going to bring this onto full me? screen so people can see it. I oh, know, I go so quickly. Just to remind you that um, these guys are going to be speaking on the Thursday opening up. Just before we um, I'm gonna ask a couple of questions about that presentation. Anna Maria is also going to be joining us on the Wednesday in the morning, going to be joining the WIST um, ladies, so the Women in Sports Therapy. Um, you're going to be joining a roundtable chat, which is going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that and your input. Um, talking about women in sports therapy, funnily enough. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Remember, after that, we've got uh, Beyond Pregnancy Massage with Jenny Burrell. After that, Understanding the Human Foot with James Earls. After that, at 1.45, we've got Male Pelvic Health Red Flags. 
um, with Bill Taylor. And um, these are all people who have been on the podcast. Okay, so when you see this, um, if you listen to the podcast, you might want to go to YouTube and you can see a nice screenshot um, of all these speakers and details. And if you're interested in knowing about these people, then just have a look through our 118 episodes and you'll find episodes with them. Um, at 3.15, we've got critical differences between strength and power. Um, Claire Minchel, Dr. Claire Minchel is going to be with us looking at that. And then finishing off the Wednesday is going to be encouraging our aging population to get strong with the wonderful Chris Tiley is going to be with us shining the day on the Wednesday. But these guys who you've been listening to tonight, um, if I can find my Thursday screenshot, I think it's going back a little bit. They're going to be opening the show on Thursday. And what I want to ask you two guys, I'll give you a little bit of time to think about it whilst I'm going through who else is on a Thursday? I'm going to ask you in a couple of minutes. You've got half an hour. People are going to come and see you. Of that, there is no doubt. What are kind of the two things maybe which you're hoping that people will come and see you will take away with them? Maybe with the idea of clinical practice or what they can change in the practice. So you guys can come up with that. And Marie is scratching her nose thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to say? Two things. But, yeah, two things which you hope people coming to see your presentation are going to walk away with. But on the Thursday, whilst they're thinking about the answers, like I say, we're going to be opening up with Massage and Manual Therapy and Modern View with Paul and Anna Maria here. After that, Liz Bailey is going to be in with the dancer's foot. Um, after that, 11.30, Understanding Your Client's Behaviour Change Journey with uh, Dr. Gary Mendoza, last week's guest. And then we've got Emma Brockwell coming in to do returning to running postnatal. That's going to be fantastic with wonderful Emma Brockwell. And then finishing the Thursday is going to be James Chapman, a mental health first aid instructor who has on, been on the episode twice. And that's going to be at 3.30 on the Thursday. We've got a jam-packed um, day. And, um, yeah, it's going to be exceptionally good. So when you're considering who to see, you're not going to see everybody. We had an episode two or three weeks ago with Liam Richardson. I think there's 80 presentations going on across the two days or something. So you're going to have to pick and choose. But don't forget, because it's chat to people, talk to people. You, know, you can get interesting points and, and get directed nicely by just sitting down and having a coffee with someone and saying, who have you been to see? What do they talk about? That's going to be one of the great things about Therapy Expert, just um, chatting. I like the way Anna changed networking to supporting. Networking does sound so corporate, doesn't it? I'm, like, I'm going to change that now. I'm never going to say networking again. I'm going to say get support from others. Talk to each other. Okay, guys, I've given you two minutes to think now. Elevator pitch. People are thinking, oh, should I go along and see this Scottish guy and the Italian woman on, there? Should Paul, I? Paul. What do you reckon? Right. What am I going to walk away with? Yeah, so, well, I don't, I don't think it's as big a leap as people believe it is to really change what they're doing in practice. I think that the... The differences are, are, are more about evolution rather than revolution of what we are doing. And if you come and listen to me, I will, of course, make you question your body centric view a little bit. I will try and show you that that's where I see the rest of the therapy world is very kind of entrenched in the body. And, and we have our head firmly buried in the sand of that and our bum facing towards the brain and the scary nervous system. And um, so I'd like to convince people that. And considering those elements is, is a, an important part of um, holistically dealing with people in pain. It's going to be great. <laughs> Mic drop. Fantastic. Well, Anna Maria, walking out to that, how are you going to? That's going to be really difficult. Um, to me, it's always a key message is there is great value on what we do. Great value is to understand where the value comes from. And it's not into the body-centric, like Paul mentioned it, but it's more, you know, we need to think more into a context-centered, neurocentric, and person-centric 
The only specificity in manual therapy is the person in front of you. Very nice. I like that. I like how you started off with there isn't in value what we do, because I think that's quite topical. Is there is a, a fear. I'm sure out of the couple of thousand people downloading it, quite a few of are thinking, oh, my God, have I wasted my time? Uh, we're pen, talking, it's polar, no. isn't it? It's such a Absolutely. shame. People. No, I reassure, I reassure you with the argument of our good collective friend, Tristan, I've forgotten his second name. Massage is the most valuable, because if the world gets destroyed, that's the one you can guarantee will come back. The different professions, the chiros, the osteos, they've got historical quirks and weird belief systems. Just the basics of human touch and as massage as we know it, I think is utterly innate to human beings. And so there is that you you have the foundations of the most valuable skill. And in a biopsychosocial model of health, what better than manual therapy and massage therapies to provide the BPS model. So there is great value of massage therapy, manual therapy in modern healthcare. I just that for me, I see that in clinical practice, I see that in my students now practitioners, there is great value. Fantastic. Well you sold me. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I'm there. Definitely. A question from 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 me to all the mm. members. Doesn't Matt look like Iggy Pop? And he's got Wow, ciao, wow, ciao, wow, ciao. There you go. There's a reason to watch that YouTube is... instead. Yeah. Like he's only about six, seventy years old. The changing faces of Matt. Do that one. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, oh good. my God. God. Yeah, yeah. Probably several other pop stars along the way. He's yeah, and the David Bowie of therapy. He's having a middle life crisis. Yeah. Right. Okay, guys. Uh, thank you so much, you two. It's really exciting. I'm so. It's going to be so great. Um, you, you made me think. Actually, you guys who have joined us live. Thank you so much for joining us live. I really encourage guys who have joined us live. You guys are pretty much on the ball already, and you obviously come along. It'll be really nice for you to look at different ways of framing maybe what you already know and how to get that through to the client. But maybe this is one way. Maybe if you want to, if you're kind of a little bit of a mentor to younger therapists or people who aren't quite on board, then use your power to actually bring them along to this one. I think it'd be a really good door opener um, for people who aren't quite managed to kind of move over a little bit. Okay, we're all kind of on the same page. We all want the same thing, but it'd be really interesting. What so maybe use this idea? episode, this episode, this uh, first presentation on the Thursday to people who you know um, to say, yeah, go along to that. It really is going to answer a lot of the questions you've got in a fantastic way with these two great educators. So- um, But just, oh, show Matt, I totally back you up on that. Like. Um, Courses can be quite intimidating. Some people, it's not really their cup of tea. I think therapy expo is so good. I'm quite, you know, I work largely on my own, and it's so useful to have those events that bring you into direct contact to other people. Therapy expo is lovely because there's lots of toys to poke into play with in terms of trade stalls mingled in with genuinely world-class education. I mean, just look at that lineup that Matt's got there. There's some huge names in there. It's ridiculous, really. And every year you look at it and go, yeah, it really is very worthwhile. Just even if you there's only three or four talks there, it's still an incredibly good value way to see those things. And then they come to the hands-on hub. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. You, absolutely, you yeah. Is you know out for other people that we deem worth it. Oh, it's going to be incredible with the two of us there. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Um, right, there's just one thing for me to do then, because Nikki Mansfield has said, um, 
Uh, he has a top on. Iggy, Iggy's always bare chested. Oh, no, don't give him any naked. Oh, no. Did it happen or not? Go to the YouTube video to find out. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys, for joining us. Really appreciate you giving up your time. As always, Thank really you. excited about um, Third the Expo. It's going to be great. Thanks for joining us, people, live. Thanks for people who have downloaded the podcast. Like I say, leave a review if you've enjoyed and found it useful. Spread the good word of these two fantastic educators. We will be here next week again, looking at um, or bringing you other speakers from Therapy Expo. I believe next week we have the wonderful James Earls is back um, and he's going to be uh, telling us about the presentation, which he is going to give. Um, so, yeah, if you fancy joining us live, then it's just eight o'clock UK time on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. Um, you guys hang around. I'm going to shut the live lounge down. I'll just say thanks to you um, once we're off air. But yeah, thanks, people. Um, and hopefully see some of you next week. Bye all. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy.